Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You can feel the passion, the emotion. And Dortmund against all the odds are European champions. Hey, BVB fans, welcome to Believe in Borussia, episode number 44 at what seems to be a historic moment in time. What strange feelings have been arising in us, feelings we haven't had or I haven't had in a decade, full of hope, of confidence. I truly believe we are up on the verge of something very, very special to happen and I'm pretty certain I'm not the only one if I'm just looking around social media through my feeds, my WhatsApp messages. It's always a good sign when people that I haven't heard from in a while, the random uncle or friend from way back in school I haven't talked to in five years starts sending me messages about Borussia Dortmund because usually something big is about to happen and we are on the verge of the ninth championship, the 09th championship of Borussia Dortmund this Saturday. And while we can all agree, I think, that this is huge, it's the most exciting league final in a decade. Most of the English-speaking media has been pretty silent. Um, and since it can't be for a lack of excitement at the moment, because this is freaking down-to-the-wire last matchday stuff, unlike, for example, in the Premier League, um, well, it might have been biased after all. Honestly, it's a little shameful. Um, to just always see and hear the same old narratives in some of the mainstream media outlets. But hey, that's why we're here, I suppose. That's why um, I give you a special episode right now so you can get your fix on, on Borussia Dortmund content just so close to the promised land because I know that's what you need because that's what I'm craving for. And even though I'm on the road and probably um, sound awful because none of the tech setup that I brought to Germany um, is really working properly. I hope you can still feel the excitement because I'm off to Dortmund on Saturday, off to the stadium to witness this. Um, it feels very, very historic. Um, I flew in over London and the last time I was in London was 10 years ago for the Champions League final. I feel much better about this outcome and why that is so I will speak about in a moment. But before we really get into the episode, um, just a quick note. Um, about our sponsor, Bet Online, who remains your number one source for all your spedding, uh, your spedding, your sports betting this season, everything from NBA to soccer to UFC, MMA, you name it. You will always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. There are live betting options, free contests, live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. If you head to the website today or use your mobile device to join, you can receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BLEAVBELIEVE to receive your reward. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Yeah, I don't even know where to start, to be honest. There are so many stories, so many things going on, so many redemption arcs, side stories. Did you know that Cologne will actually get a bonus if Borussia Dortmund wins the league. Um, you may have seen it or read it. If you didn't, well, it's not because Dortmund hands out money if they're winning the league or somebody else really wants Bayern not to win it for an 11th time. Actually, it was part of the Anthony Modest deal 
um, you know, that we did to bring in Modest as a backup for Hilaire, um, just because in case we would be really, really successful, Cologne wanted a little extra spending money. And I think, boy, is that a nice coincidence and money well, well spent. Um, honestly, I don't think Cologne needs that extra motivation. I think in their last home game of the season, a packed house, a proud club, taking down Bayern in the final home game of their captain and iconic player Jonas Hector, who will also be in his last game. I think they will be motivated to the get-go. You know Stefan Baumgart is a guy that really gets his guys amped up. I don't think he needs to put a much more extra sauce on it. Everybody knows what's um, at stake. And yeah, I think they will put up a fight. I don't think um, they're going to let Bayern do whatever Bayern wants to do. And depending on how it goes on our pitch, um, this game might also be over quickly, but much different than maybe many of the quote-unquote experts think. But anyway, in case it all works out, Cologne gets a nice six-figure check from us and, you know, we'll put a big old bow around it, put a kissy face on it and send it to the Dome City. I'm more than happy to pay that money and I'm sure Aki Vatske or whoever sends that out would be as well. Again, great business. But let's talk about some of the more individual um, player arcs. And I guess, I don't even know where to start, to be honest. Julian Brandt. Much has been said about him. Not all of it positive. Also here, he has always shown his undeniable talent. And he's also always shown, up to this season, his undeniable inconsistency. But for some reason, and that reason might be Edin Terzic, he has turned it around this year. I mean, in the beginning of the season, we talked about this in previous episodes, he spoke about how um, he reflected on himself, changed his diet, um, changed his approach to the game, his mental approach, and it paid dividends off the field. But, you know, it's obviously always takes two to tango. He or the players need to start making changes, but they also need opportunities to shine. And here's where Eden comes in. And Julian Brand has been named player of the month he's been super 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 vital in that explosive winning streak to the beginning of the year that really put us back into contention for the title and you could probably say that about a lot of other players too emre chan emre chan has been with the club for quite a while people forget he was already around here when we won the cup back in the days just like julian i think and while he also has obvious qualities um he is a physical freak if you ask me because somebody that strong and big probably shouldn't be able to do some of the things that he can do with the ball he's still relatively quick but he was also always prone for that you know brain fart moment in the game or wanting to do too much i think his problem at times was also that when the rest of the team was kind of slacking off and he wanted to get an impulse and and, and provide an impact he would do not necessarily even something boneheaded, but just him pressing forward would move in the opposite direction of the rest of the team and just leave him exposed. And that just led to all sorts of mayhem and frustration, I think, on a personal level, problems on the pitch. Now that the team was gelling and pulling together more, working for each other, him pushing forward meant actually that he moved the team along, which I think is what he wanted to do finally. 
And once you don't feel that pressure anymore and you feel like your teammates got your back, you calm down, you ease up, and all of a sudden he's been another super, super important player in that run who we could throw in, in midfield to give us stability on the pitch or give us a little fight in the middle of the pitch. Um, he played center back a couple of times and whatever we threw at him, he mostly showed resolve, a cool level-headedness, not more so than last game when Augsburg tried everything to get our players were riled up and involved. And I think back in the days, Chandler probably had reacted um, when he got pushed over the sideline, then shoved very hard into the chest. If he goes down there, um, it's a clear red. The fact that he just shrugs it off, smiles and walks away, says a lot about the mindset of this team that's, you know, has come to see quite some adversity this year and the years before, to be fair, and it's just ready to bring it home and not mess around anymore. And then you have guys like Zula, right? Who were laughed out of the park when he said he's going to Dortmund to win titles. Um, by none more so other than the Bayern Munich board. Like Uli Hoeneß, I think, himself uh, fired some shots. Um, or was it Karl-Heinz Rummenigge? Who cares? One of them. Um, they all were thinking it, of course. Or like, yeah, boy, um, good luck over there not winning anything. And now here he is. He might be the only player in the league defending the title. Who would have thought that would be the case um, just a couple of months ago? Or even a year ago when he signed? Or a year and a half. Um, and then there's the old school players, right? Mats Hummels. Um, yes, he's won a couple of league titles. I would personally doubt that he enjoyed the Munich ones as much as he did. Um, with the ones with Dortmund. Don't get me wrong, I'm not like such a homer that I'm saying, oh, winning things at Bayern isn't fun. I'm sure it was fun, but it's fun like, you know, like a sterile vacation and, and one of those like um, fancy like clubs, like a Robinson Club, you know. You kind of know what you're getting. It's, it's pretty by the book. It's nice. Um, you get to relax, you know, you get a little tan, you get good food, but it's not going to stick in the memory like that one crazy trip with the homies where everybody was just going off the rails, having fun, being themselves, letting the kid out. That's what celebrating championships in Dortmund feels like. And he could join a very, very illustrious club. He could become the only sixth Borussia to win three German championships with the club. The other two are Helmut Jockelbracht, and Willy Boxmüller, who won it in 56, 57, and 63, the last championship before the league. Then we got Lars Ricken and Stefan Reuter, who won it both in 95, 96, and 2002. And then we got Sebastian Kehl, who won it in 2002, 11, and 12. Not a whole lot of people. So Mats could join being the first one to do 11, 12, and dare I say it, 2023, and then, of course, if we talk about legends at the club right now, Marco Reus, who moved past another club legend, Michael Susi Zorc, to become the all-time leading scorer of Borussia Dortmund in the Bundesliga. But I know everybody, and probably he himself, feels it would be a stain on an otherwise incredible career if he would not be able to lift the domestic title at least once 
with his boyhood, with his hometown club, Borussia Dortmund. I mean, scoring titles, appearance and all that stuff is really, really nice. But at the end of the day, you want to look at that Meisterschale. You want to look at that number. You want to read your club's name and you want to know, I did that. If you don't know, on the Meisterschale, they have all the title champions engraved in a circle all the way up from the way beginning to today. And you can see basically, hold it in your hand and look for, for your other teams. Look for the 56 and 57 champions, the 63 champions, the 95 champions, 96, 2002. And then you put your own name to it or your own team. That must feel pretty freaking good. And honestly, I think it would be a nice redemption arc. I mean, he won the cup twice, which is great. Two cups, a league, all-time scoring record, and a couple more to come probably. That doesn't sound too shabby in my ears. Um, I think with that, he can put his mind at ease. Yes, he's probably missed a couple of opportunities due to injuries. We all know that. Probably most prominently the World Cup. But, you know, it is what it is. If he can win this league title at home as captain when he's still contributing, I think that will make up for a lot of the heartaches that he's suffered throughout the years. And, um, yeah, it will be just such a wholesome moment. It just has to happen. It just feels so right. Um, and then seeing him on the truck, hopefully on the parade one day later, it would be fantastic. Both him and Mats Hummels signed for another year. Hummels just announced it yesterday. And it would be so much better if we will go in that year, defending champions, trying to maybe go for it another time then continue to chase this elusive title with Borussia Dortmund and feel like you're Don quixote it out, fighting the Bavarian windmills. I really, really hope that search will be over. And then we have the more newer um, redemption arcs, even just within that season. Um, Karim Adeyemi, Haller, even Marlon feels like a new signing to me still. And look at Kareem. He's gone through the whole spectrum, the whole up and down of what soccer can give you. Like from very low, especially in the beginning of the season, he wasn't producing. He was getting a little, I don't want to say he got booed, but he definitely didn't get a lot of love. You could tell it with him. He, he wasn't really being able to produce and put his best on the pitch. He wasn't scoring. He wasn't assisting. Nothing really worked out. And then all of a sudden he came back. He scored that wonder goal against Chelsea. Everybody thought like, oh my God, now they're on the roll. Kareem's there. Then he scored a couple of great and important goals. And then it went the other way again. Think of Bochum, for example. Um, that penalty decision where um, despite a clear foul, neither VAR nor referee Stegemann intervened. And you know what? It was probably because Karim was getting penalized for diving. Um, it came back to haunt him. He had two yellow cards for uh, two dives just in the prior month against Frankfurt, against Union. And, and obviously the referees take notice of that. They know, okay, this guy's you know, fishing. He's going down easily. So it's like the boiler calls fire um, until it actually burns and nobody's around to put it out. So... I'm sure he thought of that. I'm sure 
it weighed heavily on his head as well. We were all very devastated after the Bochum game, even though it was clear that an away game in a derby is a tricky game. But here he is, um, back again, ready to take it on, ready to bring it on one last time this year and win the league. What a freaking season. And then that still kind of compels in comparison to Sebastian Hilaire, who I was not very optimistic, to be honest, at the halfway point of the season. If you listen to that episode that we had, I thought he might play a couple of games towards the end of the season just to get you know his legs a little bit under him, get used to the players when there wasn't anything on the line anymore. Well, there's lots on the line, and he's big part why there's still lots on the line. Obviously, he scored the two goals and none more so important than the opener that finally cracked that wall of uh, white and red that we faced on Augsburg. He played 18 games. 18 games coming off two surgeries due to his testicular, due to his testicular cancer. Excuse me. And he scored nine goals and assisted on five more. That is pretty freaking good for any striker, let alone someone who just stared death in the eye a couple of months ago. That's wild. That's absolutely wild. And he still does it at his own pace. I was freaking out against Augsburg because he seemed to be a little too lackadaisical for my taste. It wasn't always the highest press. He let a couple of chances slip, a sitter to be honest, but he just kept at the same pace. And when the opportunity arose and Bauer sort of like fumbled that Marlon cross, he was there. And then the same focused, but not hectic pace, he connected to the ball, turned around his axis and slotted it into the wide net, angle of the net. And that was that. And I'm like, oh, you know, that's a number nine. That's his pace. That's his game. He knows what he's doing. And he put us up. And we never look back. And that's amazing. Honestly, him just being able to play professional sports again is a redemption story big enough in itself that probably will only get noticed or, or fully appreciated once the dust settles a little bit. But him being able to put the finishing touches on the winning league campaign after 10 years of Bayern dominance under these circumstances is absolutely remarkable. What a, what a freaking year. And then Marlon, on the other hand, while he clearly didn't face life-threatening situations, he also had some demons to take care of. And... The injuries definitely played a big role. He was never really for a long time able to stay on the pitch and become the guy that we saw over the last couple of weeks. And I was always hopeful for him. I was always hopeful because you could see once he was fit, once he was on the pitch, that there was incredible dynamism to his game. He is so quick. He has this low center of gravity. The way that he turns around players, there's you can probably put a highlight reel together of him just spinning away from players. Like, it's so unique. He'll get the ball, protect it for a moment, then flip a heel kick it 
through, I don't know, even nutmeg a defender and spin around him at a speed that I've already seen in the league at all from other players. And then off he is to the races and he has a pretty deadly strike and he just struggled to actually put the ball in net, probably put a lot of pressure on himself. Again, started the season just like everybody else. Didn't look so hot, but since the Cologne rump, he has been on an absolute tear. Nine games, eight goals, and five assists. That's 1.4 scorers per game. And that's without considering even the rest of his impact. Like against Augsburg, he basically scored two hockey assists. The first goal, um, the Bauer mistake, that was actually a Haaland cross, uh, a Marlin cross. Marlin put it in, Bauer kind of like fumbled it, and then Haller put it away. So he's always aggressive. He puts a lot of pressure on the defense. He has a lot of speed that has to be respected, which means they have to sit a little deeper and aren't getting too comfortable attacking our fullbacks, which is always a bit of a soft spot in our defense. And he's actually a hard worker that also helps on the back. He's like a ferocious tackler. Um, and yeah, I like his game. I'm so happy that he's finally showing what he's worth um, and what he can do. I think he's also a great guy, even though he seems a little bit more introvert. So yeah, that can only mean good things for the club, good things for him opening up. Um, and I feel like once we get this over the line and he gets his due and he will also stand on the truck and see into these faces and feel the adoration, feel the love, I think for him too, it will be a fantastic final chapter to, well, not final chapter, but maybe final page to his first big successful chapter at Borussia Dortmund and make him feel real good about his decision and about himself as it should. So... What does this tell us? It's all about time and timing. You need time for things to gel. If you are lacking a striker or if you sign a new player and they're constantly injured or, you know, battling the occasional death sentence and cancer, well, maybe we need to show a little patience for things to work out, for players to get to know each other, work through their own stuff, get their heads straight, and then be able to perform on the pitch. And obviously timing is also important. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, some of the struggles around the league or why things have been shaken up a little more is the weird schedule this year. The World Cup year is always more tricky for some of the top teams and Bayern is obviously one of them because they bear the brunt of the burden um, having more top players that they need to send over. Um, Neuer getting injured, them not having a break. Um, after the World Cup, the players um, who, you know, take league roles um, also on the German national team like Kimmich and Goretzka and, 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 and sort of like have that level of expectation. Well, they failed miserably with Germany and they took that bad feeling back to their club. Um, yes, there were also Dortmund players on that squad, but, you know, for some of them, like Schlotterbeck was their first tournament. Um, it's a little different than being the captain or trying to lead you know, this proud soccer nation forward and then failing so miserably. So there were a lot of things out of our control that was basically just down to the schedule and the timing that also at the end of the day played into our hands. And 
that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Um, the sad thing is that there were other opportunities, obviously, in the past where we could have pounced on and we did not. Uh, 2019 being up nine points at one point on Bayern, for example, comes to mind. You know, those are the ones that hurt. Hey, if there's a team out there, whether it's Bayern or whoever else, that just is destroying opponents left and right and they're clearly the best team and you've given it, most importantly, your best shot as well and you come in with 80-something points and it's not enough, well, that's sports. You tip your head, you try again next year. The annoying part is when you have the feeling that we left something on the pitch um, that we could have still invested. We could have still paid forward as a club. We did not perform to the best of our abilities and left an opportunity. Those are the ones that really hurt. But it might be over. It might be over this Saturday. So in the NBA, say that it's a hit or miss league. I guess the Romans used to say to the victors, the spoils. Things get written through the victor's perspective. And if Borussia Dortmund wins, then all of the things I just mentioned, including the downsides, will just be part of a beautiful narrative that make it so much more emotional and fun. And not anymore of just another reason why Borussia Dortmund fell short. We've said it from the get-go. Borussia Dortmund isn't necessarily the club um, that you follow because they win the treble every year in and out. And if they don't, it's a failure. But Borussia Dortmund is a club that wins titles. They've consistently done so over the last, what is it, 30, 40 years. They've won the league twice in the 90s. They won it once in the, in the O's. They won it twice in the last decade. And they're on the doorstep of winning their first title of this decade. There's a couple of cups in there. There was a Champions League final in there. We have different means, we have different resources than some of the other teams. And it just is a fact and reality has to be accounted for. But it doesn't mean that Borussia Dortmund lays down flat and just lets it happen. We need to focus on ourselves. And if an opportunity arises, pounce on it and do the best that we have. And right now, we're on the brink of doing that and getting the 09th championship. And the maybe biggest redemption arc in terms of the sporting sector might be the mastermind behind it, Edin Terzic, who in the beginning of the season, a lot of fans still question, and expert pundits, of course, because they're thinking, what is this guy that's never really coached properly before, never played? What is his qualification? And when Dortmund wasn't doing so hot, the voices got very loud, the chatter, oh, he's in over his head, you can't just put a fan on the bench, this, that, a lot of crap. But Aiden Terzic had a very clear idea what this club was needing and missing over the last couple of years. There was always talent, there was always skill. What wasn't there was a buy-in, a vision, a cohesity between these players, between these skilled individuals to come together, move as one, move as a unit, he obviously found something there. And it's not a fluke. It's not a fluke if in just one and a half years as coaching, you pull off two incredible win streaks. The first one after a very bumpy start to his first tenure as coach of Borussia Dortmund, getting Borussia back into the Champions League, 
um, railing of what was it seven straight wins to end the season and then putting another emphatic win a 4-1 victory over um, Leipzig in the German Cup final to wrap up that season with a big big golden cherry on top and now in his first full season as head coach he might just win the league that is incredible and shows you that this guy's in the one-hit wonder. And it's obviously amazing from a fan's perspective because he is a fan. I'm sure you've all seen um, the photo of him at the cup final in Berlin uh, with that little uh, head on, kind of like smirking, standing in the um, terrace of the Olympic Stadium just 10 years ago. And here he is now at the helm of winning the 09th German Championship of Borussia Dortmund, BVB 09. Having dealt with some personal tragedy, his father's passing, and a lot of, lot of pressure. Think about it. If you're seeing this as just a job, it's probably easier to handle than being also a fan who's passionate about this club, passionate about not just the club and the players, but everyone around it, the fans, every single staff member and you know if you do well everybody's well but if you do bad jobs are on the line players might be moved around people that you're having a personal relationship to are suffering that's a tough pill to swallow um if you don't manage that emotion and that passion right it become a big big heavy burden but Eden seems to have found a way to Cut out the side noise, focus on what's important, have the players buy into it. And instead of getting worn down by the pressure and the passion, take it as fuel, take it as energy, understand what it means and form a unit to push forward. And if it happens tomorrow, I tip my head to eating for a very, very remarkable coaching job. Well done. So many things happened over the last couple of weeks. Um, so many ups and downs. The, the Stuttgart game, um, which was awful um, from a team's perspective, from an individual perspective. Yes, Gio scored, but then he also did not defend. And Gio obviously is also such an interesting case because he has scored some very important goals, but yet he can't crack the start in 11 because you can also see, even in those games where he scored winners, um, his deficits in terms of applying himself, in terms of um, defending, being part of that unit. I mean, you can look at it from two sides, right? On the one end, you can say, it's amazing. He isn't even at 100% and he's still scoring and he's still being important and he's still being impactful. But you can also look at it from the other side and say, hey, man, it's pretty sad that, you know, for all the God-given talent that you have, you're not playing more regularly. But as always, the truth is somewhere in the middle. He's been through a rough year as well injuries again then the whole drama about his mom and dad and the pressure that came in and around the world cup so i understand why he isn't at his best how can you be if physically mentally you're not quite there yet um so we take it as it is and honestly for him also winning the league and finally understanding and seeing what it takes to do it will be a very very valuable lesson 
and something he can hopefully grab and move forward with. And that Stuttgart game, I mean, that's not on him. It's not on Koulibaly who missed that um, cross to clear. It shouldn't come down to him. We were up 2-0, we were up a man, and instead of stepping up, everyone took a step back because they thought, we have an extra man, so somebody else is going to take care of it for me. And that's what came back to bite the team in the butt. But luckily, um, this is pretty much past now. Uh, we're back to square one in the pole position, ready to take on the league, ready to take on the title. And once it's Saturday, all of the other stuff, all the other side noise, Jesus, the whatever, the investor deal that just got kicked. Um, if you missed that, the $2 billion selling TV rights um, for 20 years thing, which Dortmund fans have protested against, along with the other fans in the league from Bayern to Frankfurt for weeks. Um, the drama around the naming rights with the stadium, um, the CEO of Signali Duna complained that, you know, he wasn't getting shown the love that he felt he deserved and needed now. And just for the record, it's Westfalen Stadion or Temple. That's it. Nothing else. Um, not Westfalen or whatever. Just like it's Erborusse, singular, to Borussen for multiple. For female, it's Borussin with an I-N. And that's that. There's no other, all these other things that are floating around are just plain wrong. Anyway, all that happened, plus the games, the Stuttgart game, the Bochum game, the Bayern game. Oh my God, Gregor Kobel. Probably another amazing story. Maybe player of the year. One of the most important signings of the last 10 years for Borussia Dortmund. But still, that mistake was so grave. It's like a car accident. It, 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 like, it doesn't matter if you've been a stellar driver up to that moment. The damage is done when you do it. Like, and it doesn't matter to the third party that you injured, that you've been accident-free before. It's just It just happened and it was bad. But again, none of that matters for the moment. It all comes down to this Saturday. Borussia Dortmund sits top of the table for only the third time this season. We were all the way back down at 8th on match day 10th and clawed our way up to the first spot. The best home team in the league at 14-1-1 will be hosting Mainz at home. Borussia Dortmund hasn't lost at home since August. Borussia Dortmund hasn't tied a game at home since the Bayern game in October. 11 straight dubs since then at home. It's the best team in 2023. And I will meet a Mainz team that's kind of like stuck in the middle of nowhere. Mainz, after beating Bayern at home, not too bad, lost four straight. Dortmund has beaten Mainz in its last four straight games and not lost to Mainz in Dortmund since 2020. I mean, if you want to win the league, you need to be able to beat Mainz at home. No disrespect to Mainz. And I'm sure um, they will try to bring it as well. Bo Svensson is a good coach. That's an Antigua club and an Antigua clean team. But overall... We need to be more motivated, more focused. We have more skill, and that needs to show on the pitch. We need to make clear 
we are not becoming champion at somebody else's mercy, but on our own strength. And we're nowhere stronger than in the temple, at home, at the Westfalen Stadion. The city has already announced the plans. If we win for Sunday, uh, it will probably start at 6 a.m. 09 Eastern Time. The parade that is um, with the buses going through the city. It should be live on BVB TV on YouTube. I hope you can catch the game somewhere fun with people you care about um, and people who care about this wonderful club. And I hope for all of us that this will be a joyous Saturday that we will cherish and remember forever for the right reasons. So let's bring it home. Heya BVB. Thank you for tuning in again to Believe in Borussia presented by Bet Online. If you need more Borussia Dortmund content before the game finally kicks off, I recommend you to go back into our library and have a look at some of the older episodes if you want some historic tidbits. Uh, episode 27 talks about the founding years, episode 28. Uh, I talk about the years around World War One. Episode 30 is the 20s. Episode 35 covers the 1930s and the rise of Borussia Dortmund um, and August Lenz. And the very first episode, um, if you want to learn about the Borussia Dortmund's real club anthem. And no, it's not You Never Walk Alone. So have a listen, get amped, enjoy the game. And a black and yellow shout out across America from Germany. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.